0: Let me pray and then we'll jump right into it. God, we thank you so much for today, this beautiful day that you've given us. It's such a blessing to be alive, to be in this space where we don't have all the distractions and all the expectations other people are throwing at us. I pray that you would just help us pull down the barriers that have kind of built up in our hearts between you and us that we, we allow to be there and just help us to hear you to, to, to know your presence, to hear what you have for us. There's people that rolled in here uh, worn out, tired, exhausted, desperate for some encouragement or some good news, some strength. I pray as only you can that you would meet each of us right where we are and give us what our hearts need. It's all to be found in you. We're so thankful for the moms, both the biological moms, and spiritual moms in our lives. We're just thankful that you have blessed us with them and their love and their service and their kindness. We just pray that this would be a special day for them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're starting another message, and welcome Tremont 930. We're pumped that you guys are here. Thank you for being here, 930. If you don't know, we got a whole other crew joining us in our Tremont campus right now, which is probably the coolest thing ever. They are the coolest people. Well, you know, you're pretty cool, too, but they're, they're cool. I didn't say cooler. I just said they're cool. Um, we're jumping into a message this morning in our series, Rise Up. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been taking uh, some time to look at post-resurrection Jesus stuff, like what's going on with this Jesus after he rises, before he goes to heaven. What's happening with the disciples during this crazy important critical time and we've been hopefully you've been pulling some like meaningful stuff out of some of these stories and lessons about rising up out of discouragement if you've been feeling discouraged, how to deal with all kinds of different things. Today I want to talk to you about rising up when you don't know. When you don't know the answers you're looking for. I don't know stuff. <laughs> I don't know a lot of stuff. I don't know why we place that expectation on ourselves that we have to know everything, that I have to know all the answers. I'm guilty of this so much. People ask me all kinds of questions, and I feel this like insane responsibility to know the answer and to be able to spew it off. There's a lot of things, though. and Maybe this is a little bit of self-confession time. Maybe this isn't what you want to hear from the person on the stage with a microphone on a Sunday morning but I'm just telling you like, I don't know a lot of stuff. This becomes insanely frustrating like in certain situations in life. Like for instance, when my kids ask me for help with their homework. All of my kids are way better students than I ever was. I was busy getting in trouble. My kids are busy studying. They'll they'll show me their math problems. I'm not even talking about the old one. I can't pronounce the name of the math class my oldest child has. I'm talking about like when the young ones come and they're like, can you help me with this? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And then I pull the book open and I'm like, is this English? What is this? Is this this new math thing? I don't remember. Like, there's supposed to be a plus sign somewhere. I'm pretty sure. And why are there vowels? I don't understand why there's vowels. It's math and consonants. (laughs) I guess frustrating when I don't know the answers. Or or like, here's another time where I really feel the pain of not knowing an answer. It's when my wife, Jen, has been talking for a while. And then she asked me one of those nondescriptive questions like, what do you think? (laughs) Come on, who's with me? And then you spend this like sweat instantly, like just sweat just starts on my neck and like I feel it on the small of my back and I'm frozen like a deer in headlights. I understand exactly how that feels because you got to figure out a way to ask a question back that shows you don't know the answer because you haven't been paying attention. So then you're like, I don't know, Guys, maybe you're better at this than I am, but I'm always like, ah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to think about it. While I think about that for a little bit, what do you think about it? How would you answer? Like, I know you asked me, but if you took yourself out of, like, how would you, if you were me, how would you answer? <laughs> what do you think? So, Just tell me. I wasn't, I wasn't. You know, it's really frustrating sometimes in life when you don't know the answers to things. It it's, it's, goes to like this heavy space, though, when you kind of leave those silly, I don't know answers behind. And you don't know the answers to like big life questions. Like important, heavy stuff. Like how am I going to get through this? When are things going to change for me? When am I going to find that someone? When am I going to stop being so only? When will this cloud of depression end? Why is this happening to me? Why did that person do that? You see, when you don't know the answers to questions like that, it's not just painful for a few moments sitting on the couch in your living room. It's really heavy. It's really hard. And today I want to talk to you about rising up out of when you don't know the answers to the questions that you're asking. Sometimes I don't know the answers to the questions I'm asking because I'm not paying attention. Not just in, in the conversations I'm having when the Phillies are playing, but also like when I'm not just paying attention spiritually to what God's doing I'm not looking for him. I'm not really seeking answers that he might have for me that don't look like the answers I would curate for myself. Sometimes I don't know the answers because I'm just not paying attention. But other times in life I don't know the answers because the answers are out of my control and that's something most of us struggle with. We have issues when it comes to control. And so when we don't have the answers, There's this feeling that we're not in control of what's going on in our lives and we're not in control of our future. We're not even in control of what we are going to do next because we don't know what to do next because we don't know what next has in store for us. I want to read you this story found in Acts chapter one and I'm going to read just verses three through 11. It's about Jesus and one of his last encounters with the disciples and I want to read this to you and then we're going to, Talk a little bit about how to rise up when you don't know the answers to your questions. What to do when you're asking things like when or why or what. And the answers you are getting from God just feel like silence. What do you do in those spaces? It says this in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. After his suffering, he presented himself, this talking about Jesus, to them, the disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. He said to them, oh, this is the frustrating part, it's not for you to know. <laughs> this is every dad telling a kid, why, because I said so. <laughs> Have you said that? I made a promise when I had children that I would never say that. I think it didn't last, didn't last past two years old on my first child. <laughs> I heard it a lot. It's not for you to know the times Or dates the Father has set by His own authority. So frustrating, that answer. It's not for you to know everything about what God is doing in your life and around your life. Isn't that feel, sound hard? Feels difficult. But it can be beautiful too when we learn how to walk through unanswered questions, it can, it can be some of the richest, most beautiful spiritual times that you will ever experience with God when you learn how to trust in the unanswered questions. It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, this is my favorite moment in the whole story. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Not that part, this part. They were looking intently, although that's an awesome part too. I probably shouldn't have said not that part. That's a great part. (laughs) You know, any part that Jesus does is the best, obviously, right? But like this part is just hysterical to me, this next one. They were looking intently up into the sky. You gotta picture the scene, right? Like with some boys to men. Now that I say goodbye. Playing in the background. You got it? You know boy you kids know who boys to men are? Oh my word. You kids don't know who boys to men are. Go Google it later. You're welcome. so picture the scene, right? All the disciples looking up. You got the soundtrack going, right? And like, here we go. It says, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Talk about a jump scare. Men of Galilee, like I, I know how that feels. Because like I'll be in the freezer at night digging out some ice cream. My wife goes into like stealth mode. I think she's asleep. She hits like stealth mode. I don't know how she makes it down the steps without creaking one of them. And I'm like be like spooning it into my mouth and all of a sudden I'll feel the hair on my neck stand up and I'll look and there, there she will be, you know, it's like, ah, what are you trying, give me a heart attack? No, but that ice cream is. <laughs> <laughs> so these two men, they say, men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking into the sky? I love that part. The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. They had questions, like big, a big question. Here Jesus is, for 40 days he has been teaching about the kingdom of God. He has been there with them, showing himself to them, not just to, so that... The, his spirit, like physically, he was risen from the dead. That's by the way, that you have hope that you will one day be risen from the dead and have a physical being in eternity that is imperishable, that won't get things like cancer or toothaches or whatever you got going on. You know, all the knees and all the hips are gonna work without pain and it's going to be amazing. But, but that's another sermon for another day. Like, here they are and he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. What they would be active participants in, living out as the start of the church. He's teaching them all these things for 40 days and they have big questions as he's getting ready to leave. And their big question is one of the three biggest. is when. When. Okay, we hear you're going to do something. When is it? Many of you have sat in church and you've gotten the feeling like that God has a hope for you, a plan for your future. It's not a plan to harm you, but a plan to give you hope and an amazing future. Maybe you've heard me like say things like that. They're true. They're promises of God, but you've sat here And you've thought to yourself, I've heard you're going to do something, God. But when? Maybe you've even been like praying for a spouse. (laughs) Praying for somebody. Praying for new direction. Praying not to be lonely. Praying for the cloud to disappear over your life. Praying for purpose. Praying for meaning. You're praying and you're praying and you're praying and you're not Seen God do anything. Maybe you're just missing it because you're not paying attention. But maybe the answer to that is just one you don't get because it's not time for you to get it. That's their big question. When are things going to change? When are you going to establish your kingdom? We need more details, God. I can't tell you how many times I have said that to God. Just, okay, do you want us to do this? Okay, but I need some more details. Like, where's the plan? Where's the roadmap? You know, we'll go old school. Just shoot me out something like MapQuest. I can deal with it, you know. Like, I don't need the GPS voice in my ear telling me when to turn. Just give me something. Like, I need more answers. When? Have you asked that question? Have you asked that question and not received an answer? And then you try to just keep asking it, hoping, keep walking, frustration building, discouragement building. Maybe you've even wondered if there's something wrong with you because God didn't answer your prayer. Another one of the big ones is like, what? (laughs) Like, what's next? Or what am I supposed to do, God? I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. It's, it seems like it's out of my control. This, this relationship's falling apart. I, I don't know what, what does the future have for me? What am I supposed to do right now? I don't want to mess it up. What am I supposed to do? Have you ever cried those questions out to God and then heard crickets and wondered, is he even there? Is there something wrong with me? How do you walk through these unanswered questions? I think... In my life, the hardest one of the big three isn't when or what, it's why. Why did this happen to my mom? She was 57, pancreatic cancer. Whole life dedicated to you, God, why? Why her? Why me? Why now? Why this? Why am I going through this difficulty? Why does it seem like my life is falling to pieces? Why can't I keep it together? Why, Why, God, why? Have you ever cried out the question why? And then nothing. What do you do in those kind of circumstances when the really big questions you have for God seem seem to go unanswered and silence is all you hear from him what do you do when those questions are so heavy and they're so hard and they're just crushing your heart and filling you with sadness or anxiety about your future i think we have choices uh, i've chosen wrong a whole lot so you can maybe learn from my experience or maybe you're like me but There have been times where I've chosen to plot, (laughs) have you done this, like plot my own answer out, I don't, okay God, you're not answering, so I'm just going to figure it all out, and I manipulate and plan and try to pull all the pieces together what I do instead of just being okay with the lack of control I have in this situation and learning to just lo- ride this wave and trust what I do is I try to plan everything out I'm going to put all the pieces of my life together I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get back what do I need to say to this person what do I need to do here I'm just going to get control again of my life I don't know it, it probably makes me look crazy sometimes but that's my game plan in the unanswered questions. Sometimes we choose to plot when it seems like we're not getting the answers we've been searching for. And sometimes we plan on just suspecting. We suspect the worst. We suspect worst case scenarios. We suspect if I'm not hearing from God, something is terribly wrong. Something's going to happen wrong and as we imagine the worst case scenarios in our lives our anxiety just skyrockets but there's a third choice and I think this is the one that this is that how to rise up in the middle of unanswered questions one this is the one that I think the disciples get here in this passage now they might not have liked it but this was the answer trust and continue on Oh, trust is hard in the middle of unanswered questions. It's hard. It's impossible or nearly impossible when you don't know what you're trusting in or what drives what you're trusting in. Maybe that's the big sticking place in your journey of faith we all deal with unanswered questions and walking through unanswered questions are those periods in our lives where we're asking things like, what, or when or why and not hearing anything, the, the, the part of us that, the, to how to walk through that is it's about just trusting and continuing on one little step in front of another little step, just being faithful in the little things, not worrying, not, not stressing or going crazy about the things we don't know, just dealing with the things that we do know one step at a time, one day at a time, sometimes for us even just one moment at a time. It is super hard To trust and continue on when you don't have the answers to your questions, but it's downright impossible when you don't even know what you trust in or what drives the heart of what you're trusting in. We get stuck spiritually because we're looking for answers that we don't know and still undiscovering what we can know about where we can place our trust. Trust is a difficult thing in unanswered questions. And here's what I want to say. In, in, to walk through life when you have unanswered questions, you need to learn a new way to trust God. That's how you traverse that space and come out of it better on the other side. That's how you learn to experience beauty in the midst of unanswered questions. It's by learning to trust God in a new way. Here's three things that we need to trust about God for us to get through the times in life where we have unanswered questions. First, you can trust in God's promises. I don't know if you know his promises, but when I was like a kid, I had this well, not a kid like in high school and college, you know I, somebody had given me a Bible and it had like this part at the end of it. this one doesn 't have it now, or right? I'd just show you where you're like what to read if right what to read when you 're struggling with anxiety? you ever have a Bible or see something like that maybe you, maybe you have a Bible that has that in it what to read when that was my favorite thing because that was that was a, a, easy way to find the promises of God. In fact, that's where I learned a lot of the promises of God. It was from like being like, oh man, life stinks. Okay, this is what to read when life stinks. All right, flip there. Oh, God says, you know, like, you don't, I don't have to fear. I'm not alone. I learned a promise about God. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Okay, nothing can separate me from God's love. That's good, especially when somebody just breaks up with you and stomps your heart on the ground and like, you know gives you all your stuff back on their way out to a new date. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't, not that that happened. I I don't know that's, I don't think that's ever happened to me, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) You can maybe understand. (laughs) Right? The promises of God are something you can trust in. His word will never fail. He will prove true. It might not be in the timing you want But his promises will never fail. Here's why. It's because he is faithful even when you are not. And that's point number two. You see, a lot of you have been burned by promises people have given you because they didn't have the character To back up their promises. You can't separate these three things. And if you're missing one of these three things, it's not a surprise if you are struggling spiritually in your journey with God. The first one is know and trust his promises. If you don't know them, start there. The second thing is know and trust his character. Because without God's character, his promises are meaningless. If he's some cruel jokester in the sky, then his promises don't carry any weight. If you had a dad who promised he would show up for you whenever you needed him to, but he was a loser, he didn't have the character, then those promises didn't mean anything. In fact, you learned, because of him, not to trust. If that person promised that they will never leave you, that they would love you forever, but they had unfaithful character, those promises are meaningless weak at best weak if he said i'll never do that again and made you that promise but didn't have character didn't have the character you can't trust those words you've suffered because you have believed promises made without the character To back it up. So the first thing is. Know. Know first and trust second his promises for you. The second thing is. Know and then learn to trust the character of a faithful God. He is good. All the time. Here's the third thing. Because character can be misinterpreted. You've misinterpreted character in Facebook posts that seem passive aggressive towards you, right? Like you've gotten texts from somebody and you've, you've like misinterpreted the meaning behind the text because of the character, right? Like you've misinterpreted the character of what's being texted to you. So here's the third thing. Know, know the promises, know the character. Third thing, know the heart. What drives the heart of the one in whose character and promises you are learning to trust. Now, here's the heart of God He's for you, He loves you. You're not religious, don't go to church. Mom made you come today, doesn't matter. He loves you and is for you. This whole story has been about providing you with His relationship. Making your heart whole. This whole thing. That's why, like, people will often read, there's some pretty heavy stuff in the Old Testament. And people, will be like, hey, I just got a Bible. They'll text me, I started reading it, and I got stuck, like, pretty early on because, what is going on here? There's a flood, and everybody got wiped out. Like, good feeling gone. <laughs> it's really hard to understand what. You can misinterpret the character of God reading some of those stories in the Old Testament if you don't know his heart for you. Those three things are so important to know and to learn to trust. You can trust God. You can trust his promises. You can trust his character. You can trust his heart. And that's how you walk through. You trust and you continue on. This moment at the end where the guys like jump scare him and they're like, "What are you looking at? You know, like I don't. What are you? Okay, he told you what to do, so just you don't have the answer. You don't know when it's. He didn't answer your question, but he told you what to do. Just be faithful in what he tells you to do. Why are you standing around staring at the sky? Like if your plan spiritually to experience purpose and meaning in life and see yourself through difficult things is just sitting in one of these maroon chairs, or I forget the color of them up at Tremont, just sitting in these chairs and listening to me talk. That's not a good plan. (laughs) It's not a good plan. They come up and they're like, hey guys, like just continue on. He's coming back. Just do what he told you to do. Just live how he told you to live. You might not have all the answers you want. You might not ever get all the answers you want. But you have what you need to take your next step. Even if it's a small step, even if it's a tiny step, even if it's a painful step, uncomfortable step, you have what you need to take your next step. Continue on in power. Waiting for God's answers is not about sitting still. Okay, God didn't give me an answer yet, so I'm just gonna sit here and wait. I'm just going to sit here and sing a worship. I'm just going to wait for him to, that's not what waiting on God is about. Waiting on God is about not sitting, it's not about sitting still. It's about moving forward according to his general and permissive will for your life. Now, real quick, we don't, this is a whole nother series, right? But like, God has a specific will for your life. We don't always know what that looks like. We want to know what we're supposed to do, what job to get, who to marry, what you know, like we want to know all those details. But that's a, a specific will. It's much less important than his general will for your life. To know him, to trust him, to follow him, to be his witness, to love others the way he has loved you. That's his general will for your life. It's it's Way more important to know that he has a permissive will for your life. That you can't mess it all up with one decision if you're just seeking to follow him. Waiting is not about sitting still. And you can't do it alone. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus was like, wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is his presence in your life, in your heart, in your being that you experience and have When you profess personal faith in Jesus, you don't got to do anything special for it. When you step from unbelief to belief, God gives you his spirit to reside in you, to teach you, to correct you, to guide you, to help you understand his word, to help you know what's good and what's not good. He gives you his spirit. Don't try to continue alone when he has given you his spirit to give you power in your life. And then don't just be a consumer, staring up at the sky looking for answers. Instead, live out your purpose simply by loving God and loving other people. I have three questions to end this for you to not answer out loud, but to ponder in your heart. But don't don't check out and don't just walk away from these questions. They're important. And meaningful, and the first question is this: Do you know what you need to know about God to trust Him in the space of unanswered questions? It's an easy fix to that. It's all right here. Do you know what you need to know to be able, about His promises, about his character, about his heart, to be able to trust Him? when you don't get the answer to your question. Number two, do you have the power of the Holy Spirit, God in you, walking with you in your life because you have professed personal faith in Jesus, his finished work on the cross and through the empty tomb? If you don't have it, it starts with personal faith. If you have it, have you been quenching the Spirit because you have been nerfing his voice in your life? And just doing what you want to do all the time. The third question is this. Am I walking forward by living well and by loving people? And just by embracing the purpose that I do know right now? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. Oh, it's hard to thank you for unanswered questions. I don't even know if I want to pray that. But it's true, and and those have been some of the times of the deepest and most richest growth in my spiritual journey. I still don't know why. But I know you. And I can trust your promises because of your character. And I will not misinterpret your character because I know your heart. And I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude that you are faithful even when I have not been. That nothing can separate me from your love. That you are good. There's lots of people walking through times right now with unanswered questions. I pray a blessing upon them that they would know your peace. That they would know your presence that they would learn gently, surrounded in love, that they would learn to trust you even when they don't get the answers they desperately search for. We love you. Thankful for Jesus, in his name we pray.